Welcome to episode number 183 for August 5th, 2012. This is the Take Him With You podcast. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And today we're talking about the spiritual aspects of the series Twilight. So get ready to sink your teeth into something that doesn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll be back in a little bit and we'll talk all about it with an interview with some friends of ours. It's going to be a lot of fun. So here we are in uh, crazy Aberdeen, Washington. Mm-hmm. And my wife's making mic noises. She likes to make mic noises. Sorry. I, I probably should have it in a mic stand, but I was sharing my mic, you know, with our daughter-in-law tonight. So That's right. I've because our daughter-in-law Ivy is on the show today. Yeah. As well as our friend Angie. Yes. So it should be a really fun show. Mm-hmm. At least I'm hoping it will be. I think it will be. So what's this music from? Well, you were humming Yellow Submarine, so I put the instrumental on. I kind of thought it sounded familiar, and I don't know why I was humming the classic Beatles song, Yellow Submarine, tonight, but it was just in my head for some reason. So I accommodated you. (laughs) That's funny. I'm going, this sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. so. Well, hey, we made it. We survived the art walk, and here we Mm -hmm. are back after our crazy podcast last week where we were so dead tired that God only knows what you heard come out of our mouth. You know what? I didn't didn't have the guts to listen to it this last week. You didn't? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm going, I I would be so embarrassed. Listening to it. In your right ear. In your left ear. What are you doing? In your left ear. Okay, stop. Sorry. So, um, are you going to play a promo or something before we get into our main subject? Or what are we doing here? I can if you want me to, but... uh it, you know, we, we we had our interview is like over an hour, so maybe we should cut this short. <laughs> well, we can talk a little bit about what's been going on around our house if you want. You were gone. You went to a play. Yeah, I went to you were a gone great for a few days. play, um, but then that meant I was gone two nights in a row over in Raymond because I got done with the play. I have to tell this story about the play. The play was fantastic. It was Anna Green Gables. They had a great actress that played Anne. It's our friend from a long time. Well, not the one that played Anne. Oh. But the the one that played Marilla, who adopted Anne, was one a longtime friend of ours. If and they would have been at the zoo, would it have been Marilla the gorilla? No. And um, her husband, who sang in our wedding, was in it, and their little boy. Tim. Um, their little boy's name is Carl. Yeah. Tim um, is who sang in our wedding. Yeah. So they all did fabulous. It was a great play. Um, get in the car, have my mom and my sister with me. And I was driving because my mom doesn't like driving at night. And I was driving her car. And I got to this confusing part in the road on the way home. And, and ladies and gentlemen, oh. do you know when you hear about the, the car going down the wrong side of the road? Yeah. And everybody calling it, you know, remember well, they that joke? Had, they had road construction and there were these barrels set up on the road. And it said, if you're going south on I-5 to stay in the left lane. Well, 
it was you really got in the confusing. oncoming traffic dear <laughs> yes i did and so i got these these police lights behind me i'm going what's going on you know because i thought that, that i was where i was supposed to be because it said you know so it really scares me that you did this it, it was very embarrassing and you know i think he was thinking okay that there's somebody here that's probably been at a bar and they've been drinking all night and they don't know what they're doing but i'd been at a play i hadn't been drinking i just was confused by the road construction and so I told him that, and he, you know, he asked where I've been, being, where have I been? And I said I, I was at a play, and I, he asked for me for my ID, and, and you know, the play bill was right on the top of my purse. So, gave him my license. My mom found her insurance card and her registration, and, and so he, he said, well. Just make a sharp right here, and I'll get you across. <laughs> so. So he helped me out. I didn't get a ticket. You drove across the medium? No, it, it was confusing, but I I made it to back to Raymond and dropped my mom and sister off and and then on the way after I dropped my my mom and sister got in my own car on the way to my mom's house, I was coming around a corner and I killed a possum. I ran over a possum. I didn't mean to, but like I was coming around the corner and I, it was this big fat possum and I couldn't swerve in time. So I ran over a, a possum and that was just like the grossest thing ever to like run over an animal. And you killed like, a possum? I, so, so I got home, I got to my mom's house, got in her text uh, see, I'm confused. Got in her guest room, mm -hmm. and I sat on my bed, and I said, "Got pulled over, or I made it to my mom." You texted me. I this. texted her. Texted you at her? twelve. I texted me. texted you at twelve o five a.m. Yes, I know. Said so got to my mom's safe. Got pulled over. Killed a possum. I have headache. I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> I want you to know that I got home safe, but it was kind of a crazy evening. <laughs> yeah, you might say that you freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Of course, I you know I immediately asked if you were okay, and then the next thing I asked is Did if you, you got a, a ticket, ticket. <laughs> because I would have to pay that ticket. I know, but I don't think I've ever got a ticket. No, neither have I. I think we, we've had a lot of um, grace because <laughs> we we don't always. I got pulled that. over not too long ago. Yeah. I was speeding. Yeah. 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 So I don't always drive perfectly, but thankfully the police officer was nice. And even though I went in the wrong lane, um, he, I I just said, I'm so sorry. I was confused because of the, it was dark and there's all these, you know, they were doing construction there. And yeah. I was confused. So he didn't give me a ticket. So that was yeah, your week. That huh? was my week. You know, work and then the play and then the craziness and, and then, then it, killing a possum. Killing a possum. And then it was a beautiful day. Do you today. realize that you're a uh, you're you're a possum murderer? I I didn't mean to. I felt horrible. But it was gorgeous today. It was like it we, was almost a hundred degrees here. Uh, I think it's it too probably hot. was over a hundred degrees. We used time. our air conditioner all day. Yeah. It's still on. I know. Yeah, and it's 11 at it's night. It's 70 degrees at 11 o'clock at night outside. Which, which I love that. I love warm. And the stars are beautiful. And if I didn't have to prepare to, to uh, preach tomorrow, yeah. 
I would be out there looking at the stars right now, listening to the new audio project that I've been working on for Stefan Sonic. Yeah, I'm excited when you get done with I that. Score, well, I've it's heard. almost all the way done. There's a two-minute um, piece of music that isn't fitting, and so yeah. they're going to do some re-records. And then I'm going to try to score it again. And I think it turned out to be two and a half hours or so. And so two minutes out of two and a half hours isn't so bad to have a little problem on. But uh, yeah. we'll get it worked out. It sounds really cool. Everybody's going to really like it. I can't say what it is yet. So Yeah. I've just, I haven't heard a, a lot of it, but I've heard some of the music. And it's some of the favorite compositions that you've made I've heard in this next project for Stefan, I just really like it. It's it's really pretty, and I guess you can't share it right now. But, it's cinematic. Well, it's really it's really nice. I like it. Mm -hmm. So so um, I had a great time creating so that music, and then I also did I also uh, did some touch ups on a video game uh, voice. I'm Doctor Deranged. That's all I can say. Yeah. This next week, you're are you gonna be work starting work on the, a website? For a school district thingy or something? I don't know. They, you know, they never have gotten me the stuff. So. Oh, okay. I thought you started getting stuff for it. Well, a little bit, but nothing oh, okay. solid. Not everything yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So, but I, but let me see. I've got a wedding coming up that I'm going to be doing. Mm -hmm. There's a couple other things coming up that I've got lots to do for. So, yeah. and then, uh, like I say, though, two minutes, and then and then of course, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's sixteen chapters. In this particular audio uh, drama, mm -hmm. and I have to go back through it and do the changes and the edits uh, for it. Still, I haven't done any of those yet. Yeah, and that could be a few more days worth of work. Oh, definitely. You know, even when you say two minutes. Um, oh, yeah. I, sometimes I've, two minutes could at, take two hours or two days. I so. did the score for that particular two minutes three times, and it mm -hmm. took me two days. Yeah. And I, it's still not right. So yeah, it'll take a few more, but that's okay. That's, that's what you know, that's, that's what I get production. paid for. That's yeah. you know you kind of are into you know doing productions, and it takes a production to do a production. Okay. Yeah. All right. I I figured that out years ago when you were writing plays and and I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. Uh, Apple has a new product coming out. I understand the really? iPhone five will be out pretty soon. Oh, I, I know but our wait. daughter really wants to do But one. wait. Yeah. The iPad mini is coming out. So how is the iPad mini different than an iPod Touch? Is um, it like in between? Our daughter just got home. What now? Is an iPod mini like in between an iPod Touch and an iPad? Correct. It's about half the size of an iPad. And so, if it has the same processing power... That would be really, really cool because I'm probably going to just get it for the music compositions. Hmm. I'll use it as my music computer. That'll be awesome. Very, hmm. very cool. Oh. Five bucks for the program that I use. Well, there's, okay, maybe. Okay, of course, I don't have to pay for it again. I can just download it on my new device. Huh. We'll talk. Well, the nice part about it is they're half the price of an iPad. Yeah, but that's yes. still a spendy. Is that iPads are like three hundred dollars? So or six. Well, let me ask you a question: so. If you needed tires for the car that you drive for your work thing, would you get those? Yeah, yeah if they were going to blow out, but if I would. Needed, I wouldn't if, if I already shoes. had tires that worked. I wouldn't. If you had shoe, if you needed shoes, the to uh, be able to walk and to do all the different things, that you, would you buy shoes? 
if my other ones were worn out. Mm -hmm. So we have to ask you, is your iPad that you're currently using worn out? Well, my iPad is the iPad 2. Yeah. And this would particularly probably be We probably should change subject right now. And I need to say hi to my daughter because she just got home from work. So can you push pause? I can't convince her, can I? No. I will, though. Because it's a business expense, and I can do that. We'll see. She okay. thinks she can. She thinks she can tell me I can't daughter, have an iPad, but I can get one. You watch. Especially since they're so much more affordable now. All right, we'll be right back after this. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command and Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto exec bat files to eke out just one more k of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures, and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort, or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. So, after our great friends Rick and Amy have enlightened you on their awesome podcast, Take Him With You, why not give us a listen? You'll be happy you did. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a Mickey, Mickey Day. day. And a big shout out to my friend Joe from the Upper Memory Block podcast. He just got done um, doing an, a brand new show, which I just love it when he does these shows. They're so good on the 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 old game Descent. It was very cool, and I really really enjoyed it. I used to play that with my kids on our PC. So yeah, very very cool. And then of course a big shout out to Alan Joyce are good friends from Arizona who do all sorts of podcasts, and we love them very much. They're good friends and uh, fellow podcasters on the Stitcher Radio Network. Of course, my wife never showed back up, so I'm just going to go ahead and uh, introduce our subject. We are talking today about the series Twilight and how there are some spiritual aspects of the pro of the series. Now, I personally have never watched the shows, I've never watched the movies, and I've never read the books. So I don't really know anything really about it other than from my daughter and my son and my wife. Uh, Amy just got done going through the entire series, 
And we invited our friends to come and share with us on the podcast a good friend who used to be in our youth group years and years ago. Her name is Angie, and Angie Timmons, and she joins us uh, via the cell phone. And then, of course, our daughter-in-law, Ivy Moyer, uh, joined us as well to talk about the uh, series Twilight. So here I'm going to play the interview, and then uh, we close out after that. So I will uh, see you next week. I hope you enjoy this program, and uh, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. So here we go. This is our interview on Twilight. Through the magic of the internet and the fact that uh, we're just having a grand old time here on the Take Him With You podcast, we're going to talk today about a subject that uh, I'm really not even, I don't. I know nothing about this at all. But my wife and my daughter-in-law and my friend have all at least seen the movies or read something about this, but we're going to talk about the spiritual aspects of the series Twilight. Now, you have to understand <laughs> that this is a really weird thing because um, my wife would, didn't even want our son, our oldest son, to even read the books when they first came out. But then he read them, and then he loaned some of them to my daughter to read, and she read the whole series. Right. And so now it kind of went like wildfire through our house, and we are not usually vampire people. but not, uh, I, I'm not at all. I, I don't know. Angie, do you like vampire movies? Why don't you introduce her oh, first? Oh, which I need to introduce you. This is Angie Stevenson Timmons, and we've known her since she was very young. And yeah, you're still really young, aren't you, Angie? <laughs> I'll be 30 next month. No, 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 no. <laughs> do not say that. And now she's a now she's a, a mother of four and an entrepreneur. You have your own little tea shop in in um, South Bend, Washington, and I highly recommend a, a little stop by there sometime because I just love it. My mom went in this last week because Catherine wanted this special lid for her um, her mason jar, <laughs> and it, it makes it into a tippy cup, and you sell those. And so, and then we had to get some more truffles, of course, that my niece Hannah makes. Well, we'll have like to we'll best. have to have you tell us about your tea shop. Yeah, at the end of the podcast, so everybody can come see it. But but on top of on top of having a tea shop, you're a fellow um, Jesus lover and geeky girl. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. So we have a lot in common there. We love our families, and we love Jesus, and we love geeky stuff. So we love our sci-fi totally. All right, yeah. okay. Before we get started, then on Twilight, um, tell me, Angie, Star Trek or Star Wars? You can't even do that. Like, there's no... You can't do that. I mean, you got to love Star Wars for Star Wars, and you got to love Star Trek for Star Trek. There's no meshing or Okay, all right. Anything. Let me make it more simple. <laughs> Let me make it more simple. Jean-Luc Picard or Captain Kirk? Oh, Jean-Luc. <laughs> I knew Definitely. that. So, I mean, that's what I knew about that. it. <laughs> now, we better ask ask our daughter-in-law, Ivy, some of you these You better questions. introduce her, too. This is Ivy Moyer, um, and... Ivy's been married to my son for two and a half years, give or take, getting headed towards three in the winter. 
And um, I don't think that you were like a natural born sci-fi geek, but you kind of married into it. <laughs> so let me ask you, Ivy, has Nathan got you uh, watching Star Trek? <laughs> no. You, nope. Will you watch it at all with him? Uh, sometimes, <laughs> if he's sick. Well, <laughs> if he's you know sick, what it is. Star Trek with him. <laughs> you know, a, little, a few prayers and the Enterprise TNG, and you're you're feeling a lot better. <laughs> I I have a funny story though. I'm on Rick when he had pneumonia one time. It was before we had like any kind of. TV really coming into our house. We just had like an old v VCR and TV, and um, <laughs> and he watched a bunch of, of like. Don't you dare tell everybody. Really old, old girly <laughs> movies. <sighs> like he watched Doris Day and Sandra D with me. It was so funny. I'm going. Excuse me. I watched the Gidget movies. <laughs> the Gidget movies. <laughs> And I can't believe you just told everybody. <laughs> Only because he was feverish and delusional. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Delirious, I, I had nightmares. Delusional. The worst thing ever is to fall asleep or not feel good and have your wife watching like Anna Green Gables and you Oh, Darcy! Oh! That's not Anna Green Gables. Oh, whatever that is. What is that? That's Pride and Prejudice. Thank you. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, that one. Gosh, talk about a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm so. done with all this. Um... I'm going to kind of sit back and kind of, you know, I, I won't taunt you at all, but um, you you kind of, you guys wanted to talk about the spiritual aspects of Twilight because I, I don't know anything about it other than shimmering vampires that drink cow blood. That's all I know. Cow blood. I think it's probably deer blood, but that's okay. And forks, since it's forks. what? Uh, Quileute. And Not too push. far from our house. Yeah. Well, three, two hours. The the odd thing is, our our daughter was enrolled in Quileute School District last year, so <laughs> so she acts. You know, I just thought that was interesting. So she probably went to school with Edward. <laughs> no, she did it from home, but this Quileute School District was her technically home school district, even though she never went up there. Okay, well. So. It could be a little bit controversial to be talking about a vampire series. On a on a podcast that's spiritual, <laughs> there, a, a lot of people probably. I mean, I remember Angie. I don't know if you remember this, but remember when it was bad to read Harry Potter? Totally, and I think a lot of Christians still kind of have that stance. Oh yeah, I mean, we had sermons yeah. preached at the church that we went to on the evils of Harry Potter. Totally. And and Twilight, I heard, was pretty much the same. People were, I mean, but but the funny part was. There was always closet Harry Potter readers and closet <laughs> Twilight readers that read it and loved it, but never said a word to anyone because they were afraid totally. of getting crucified <laughs> at church the next day. So let's talk about that a little bit. And because um, because, Amy, you were kind of like that. I was. I But you know what? I think sometimes things are just age appropriate to different ages, though, too, because um, when... When my oldest was little, he was really sensitive to movies and, and things. Yeah. And um, he just was very emotional from movies. He probably doesn't remember this, but he cried really bad when, oh. the, like, animal movies and stuff. Mm. Oh, he just got really, I mean, from a young age, he really got worked up with movies. And so. I think he still does. 
I don't. I think he he was a film major in college, so you know I think he he's just really been into film and, and media. Well, I remember him so, bawling like crazy because the the dog and the cat and the the cat fell in the river and he thought it drowned. It was and, like a Disney movie. Even though the cat eventually came out, he was unconsolable for like a half hour. <laughs> and this is and this is why he has cats now and and yeah. adores them like and I do. Doesn't let them near any rivers. <laughs> but but anyway. That's saying that he got scared watching like Scooby Doo when he was little. Oh, he did not. Yes, he did. He had nightmares after watching. Why Scooby-Doo. are you saying this to everyone? <laughs> I mean, I, well, I mean, want this you to is say when this. he was just you know toddler. So, and so I remember, um, I really love C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. You know, um, I love their create you know their creative works and they're making this whole new world whether it's middle earth or narnia like what oh you mean like the chronicles of narnia yeah. and the hobbit and the, the lord, lord of, of the, the rings. rings yeah i just love their creativity but when my kids were maybe 2 or 3 years old they didn't understand the difference between make believe and and i think you just have to know your child some kids wouldn't even pay attention to that and they'd just be playing with their blocks and and other kids if they saw a ferengi would freak out yeah, and our kids grew up with Star Trek, you know, and all the weird makeup and everything, and they didn't really think. Yeah, anything but you know, of my it. sister wouldn't let her kids oh, watch no. Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, she had little girls that would like freak out and think they're monsters, and right. So, I mean, you just have to know your kids. But I'm when my kids were little, um, I didn't always let them watch some of the things that are even considered Christian, if I thought they might be too scary for them. You know, and right, so okay. it, you just have to kind of know your kids. Okay, and, so Twilight. Let's so get, get Twilight. on the subject here. Um, I did a little research okay. about the author of Twilight and um, read a few articles about her. And um, she has a different but similar background, moral background to what I was raised in, different spiritual kind of background than, than I had, but a lot of the same values that she had growing up. So I read about it and she didn't really have a message. She wrote, she said she wrote the books for entertainment, not for a message. But as I went through all these books recently, I noticed that there were certain morals values in the books that I appreciated. Sure. Because I had a teenage daughter. Well, Angie, how did you find out about Twilight and did you read the books first or did you watch the movies? Well, I read the books first. Um, I Both Harry Potter and Twilight, I kind of avoided, like, the plague because, you know, I was a Christian. Um, and so when I finally, people were just talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And I was like, you know what, I need to know what this phenomenon is all about. I need to just kind of read it and so I can at least have a conversation with someone. Right. And Im- immediately upon opening the book and reading the first page, I, like, I know it's a really bad pun, but I was sucked in, like, seriously. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no, it was totally intended. Um, and <laughs> well, in other words, you really sank your teeth into it. Exactly. Okay, yes. all right. No, I, I really couldn't put them down. And, you know, one of the things that I have a hard time with in books is when they constantly cross that moral line, constantly, constantly. And I didn't get that in this. And plus, it was a really good storyline. Like, you really got mm-hmm. into the character's. And so I, it made me want to, like, I kind of, even though, I mean, and you asked me earlier if I was into vampires previously, and I was raised, like, pretty much on the old horror movies from, you know, like, the, the silent ones and the ones from, like, the 1950s and stuff. 
so I, that's kind of where my geekiness comes from. So I always had that kind of like for that, but the modern way that they do it is getting a little, I don't know, in my opinion, it's a little out of hand, you know, too much blood, stuff like that. But this one, it, it just, it wasn't like that. And I felt like there was a moral core there. In fact, mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, a lot of people, before they read the books, they're like, oh, teenage vampire, well, that's just occultish, you know. Um, but this, I would actually have to say, is almost like a morality play, you know. You know and, yeah, you know, I thought all, so, too. Yeah. And all the way through the book, she sticks to her guns, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's, what, the, the vampire is 104 years old, and he, you know, refuses to have sex until he gets married. That's, that's, that, that's holding out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a long time to wait there. That, that's that, a long time. That's a long celibacy. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things I had written on my notes, too, is, you know, he he was waiting for the right person, you know. And and all through it, I, I noticed it wasn't just waiting till he was married, but even the, um, most of the other vampires, not all, but the ones in his family group, it seemed like they valued monogamy, you know, totally. and they were just yeah. very dedicated and... Once they mated, they kind of mated for life. And so, so you read the first book, and then you, oh, did you immediately go on to the next one? Oh, I didn't even wait until I was done. I went out and bought the second book. Actually, I bought all of the rest of the books before I was even done with the first one. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I can't be left. You can't be left yeah. with them. I Ivy's here. You didn't read the books, but you watched the movies, right? And yeah. how how did you get into the movies? Who? Was it Nathan that got you to go to him? Uh, yeah, he got me to go to them. And I bet it was uh, an experience. Now, he read he he didn't read all the books, though, did he? I think I he read part of one. Right. I think the first one. Because I remember him. He passed that book on to Catherine. Now, I've, I've read well or listened to all the books, like the complete audio book or... And and then I've watched mo- not all the movies, but most of them. And I think the books are like ten times better. Oh, by far. <laughs> well, know, isn't that the case though that's with any usually, series? Yeah. So I I begged Ivy to come and help me tonight, but she's like, "Well, I didn't really read the books." But and the <laughs> and I have to say, I watched the first couple movies, and uh, you know, and this is maybe having film guys in the family here I the some of the special effects really irritated me and a lot of people complain about the acting the acting didn't bother me as much as the special effects um I just so are you saying it was like a sci-fi Saturday night the first kind of movie the first couple movies like shark to puss Something like or that. Or Mansquito. <laughs> the, the part about them running through the trees and leaping and stuff I don't know it just seemed not real to me well honey i have news for you the entire book is not real yeah i know but in the book i don't know it seems like when you use your own imagination you can imagine it better and less, exactly. and less dorky <laughs> totally i totally agree with you i feel like movies ruin books that way by you know you have this amazing thing played out in your head and like you have imagined the characters the way what they look like and then you watch the movie and you're like well that's not what i imagined yeah right yeah, I, I was, could have done that movie way better. <laughs> I, I know. In my head, it was way better. I was talking. Exactly. To, I was talking to Ivy about and Nathan about that tonight because he was talking about you know Jacob's abs or something. And I go, 
The guy they had played Jacob in the movie, he was just a wimp compared to the book. Because in the book, he was like seven feet tall. And he was yeah. like this, you know, he turned into this mammoth um, wolf and stuff. And, you know, the guy they had play him, he was like a wimp compared to what, the, what he was in the book. <laughs> but they couldn't really have him grow five feet during the movie but you're kind of limited with like reality somewhat but right except for lord of the rings did a pretty good job making people look tall yes they did they did a good job and people look short that weren't short okay side note side note are you pumped about watching the hobbit when it comes out oh my gosh don't even get me started on that subject (laughs) they made it into three movies now Uh, my they're they're making the Hobbit into three movies. Yes, yes. I'm not oh happy about that. Well, no, I I think it's great because Peter Jackson does a great job with stuff. But they're making into three movies. They're actually adding the the stuff in the appendices. Is that how you say it? Appendix. Append append appendix. <laughs> yeah, whatever they are. Appendixes. Yes, they're adding all that stuff and and uh, stretching it out with three movies now because it, the the two movies that they can't they Peter watched them with the staff. And said they came out so well that he wants to to do it do it upright, and so they stretched out in three. I think that's great. I think it's hard to fit one epic book into a single movie or even two oh, movies. But, but I mean, the Hobbit is just there's so much there. Yeah, and it, you know, I liked actually the Hobbit better than the Lord of the Rings. I know people might get mad at me for that, but that was the that was really the book that was. I mean, it was pretty amazing. It's only three hundred and thirty some pages. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. Okay, off the side note. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, <laughs> off the side note. Um, I'd asked some friends of ours on um, Anomaly. The Podcast the Anomaly? The Podcast Anomaly's Facebook page. Yeah. Which Anomaly is like for geeky girl, girls, you know? And what they thought about Twilight, the spiritual aspects. And I got a couple of good comments. Um, and... You know, one of the things that someone said is they said, well, of course, that waiting till marriage and purity, all that kind of stuff. But then they also brought up about the doctor, um, Dr. Um, maybe you, before uh, you get Carlisle. In, maybe before you get into all this, you might what? tell us kind of the spoiler alert, kind of what is this whole story about? Because um, just going into it, I don't know anything. So you're talking about oh. things I don't even get. So that's why you're kind of looking at me funny. I okay. don't understand. <laughs> well, uh, basically, you have, and I was going to get into that as I was talking this next point, is that they do have vampires in this story, but there's this group of vampires that live in the Forks area currently in the this series that are ve- vegetarian vampires. And by that... How can you be a vegetarian vampire? By that... You they, suck a turnip dry? By that they mean they they have chosen because of compassion and respect for the human race not to partake of killing humans to get their blood. Okay. That they they kill animals or they use donated blood. But they, they've chosen... The, and, and the head of this group which I was going to say here, okay. is um, do- a doctor named Carlisle Collins. And then his family are people that he's, like, changed or adopted into his family. <coughs> and there's and this, is he a vampire? He is a vampire, but he's never taken a human life. He's only saved human lives. 
Okay. And so that's the premise of the whole story. That's, that's basically, and then there's So this, where does the conflict come in? Well, there's kind of, um, it's kind of a little bit of a love triangle in the aspect of this girl comes up, moves from Arizona, and she's very pale, which is kind of confusing because she's been in Arizona. But she moves up to Forks, and she's really kind of, unsure of herself she doesn't really fit in is this bella this is bella okay and her dad is the sheriff of forks and one of his of course friends, he is of course he is one of his bet his best friend is an elder at the quileute um, indian tribe in the push okay and unbeknown to ella what becomes one of her best friends um is a a shape-shifting <laughs> Native American that turns into a wolf. And they and become best friends. And that's Jacob. Oh, she's best friends with a guy? Eventually, she becomes best friends with Jacob. And they have a really strong connection as best friends. But she also meets at school, at high school, okay. a young vampire who's not really young. He's like 100 years old. Okay, so but wait his a minute. Name, okay, 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 hold he, on. he stays at 17 forever. They don't age okay. anymore. So you have vampires... You have shape-shifting werewolves. Yeah, technically not werewolves because they wolves, don't howl at the moon. Shapeshifters, and yeah. you have a, a human girl. Okay, those are the three main characters. All right, but got it. You kind of got that. Okay, so, so you don't have to tell me the whole plot of it. You, that's good enough. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Angie, does that sound like? I mean, that is that how you would describe it? Yeah, when you ask for a synopsis, it's kind of hard to do the entire series because yeah. there's so much. I mean, oh my gosh, there's so many different aspects that go into it. But yeah, basically there's there's a, a semi-love triangle. Um, but the, the big thing is that the wolves and the va vampires, they don't get along. They're like mortal enemies. Yeah, they oh, okay. have, and they have an uneasy truce. Is there a reason right. that they're mortal enemies? Well, basically yeah. because vampires are evil and prey on humans, Usually, yeah, uh, and the wolves try to protect you know their area so their that humans. the so that the bloodsuckers don't come in and kill you know their people and stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. so this must confuse the wolves a little bit when the vampires don't suck human blood. Right, but they have a truce with this um, coven with yeah. the family because okay. they know that they don't. But it's still there's still a lot of like but they, yeah, there's still not a lot of trust in the first few books. Okay, because. Yeah, they don't trust them very well. Okay, and, so okay, yeah. so all right, great. So then, why do you think there's some spiritual aspects to it? What, I mean, Angie, do you agree on that? Is do you feel like there was some spiritual things? And Ivy, do you did you see anything spiritual in the in the movies or or in the books? Well, sort of like staying true to your family and. Um, so it had like Moral family values. morals. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I really saw though. Okay. And I think the I think the movies are pretty muddled when it comes to the moral aspects of the books, um, because they're they're trying to cram a lot of information mm -hmm. into a small space. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, you know the the whole the books are like like heavily steeped in morals, and yeah. you know I think like like Amy was saying, it comes from a lot from Stephanie Meyer's background. She was raised very strict Mormon, and um, 
you know, she has a, the the Mormon faith have a lot of the same morals that you know Christians do. Sure. You know, the the whole um, you know f- fidelity and the family values and the you know waiting until you're married to have sex and all that stuff. Um, so I think that because she wrote it, I mean, when someone pens a book, it's going to be part of them. You know, right. their morals and their the way they look at the world. So it just it stems. It's it, it's just natural that you know it would be completely steeped in morals, but. I think there's a lot of spiritual aspect. They talk a lot about the afterlife and their concern. You know, Edward's concerned about his soul being damned because he is a vampire. You know, and they're like on that constant quest to be better and to. Um, the main thing is that they try to um, resist the sin nature. You know, the thing that comes naturally to us that feels like that's that's just who we are. That's what we want to do. That we, you know, every day have to resist. So you know, that's that's the main thing that I see. Yeah, you know, you just read off my notes without without being here, because um, I wrote down that you know, I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but there. I when, think it's been out long enough that when people... Bella falls in love with Edward, she realizes she wants to be with him forever, and she realizes that he is going to stay seventeen forever, and well, this might be a conflict. And that, <laughs> that she's going to continue to age, and that really bothers her. So her bright idea was, was we'll just have the, him change her into a vampire, too. And But don't you have to kill her to do that? N- no, just have to bite her, <laughs> technically, and put okay. their venom but, in. Without... And then, but the thing about the good vampires is that they, they won't do that. Like, he yeah. refuses to do that. And yeah. she keeps saying, like, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Like, I want to be on your terms. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a vampire, uh. too. But he won't do it. And he says, the only way I'll do it is if you're dying. And yeah. so there's that whole con- conflict there, too. But mm-hmm. she has a, a dream of, um, like, seeing her grandma and Edward standing next to her grandma and being, like, you know, all... That she lovey-dovey. she'll be and then, old and he'll be 17. And then she realizes, no, that's me. Like, he's going to stay 17 forever, and I'm going to become yeah. this old grandma and eventually die. And so, you know, but, there's that whole conflict. But his, his big concern was, he he said, well, you don't care if you're eternally damned. You know, you know, so you lose your soul so that you can stay young forever, you know. But, I mean, he he was really concerned about his soul and about her soul, mm-hmm. you know. And he didn't really have a choice whether to become a vampire or not because um, the doctor, he was dying and the doctor bit him to save his life because there wasn't anything else he could do, you know. And Take two bites and call me in the morning. <laughs> That, that was really bad. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but I just, I really, you know, as a believer and someone who believes in eternal things, I love the fact that, that Stephanie Myers brought up eternal things in her book. I just thought that that was awesome that here, you know, you have a main character bringing up eternity and, you know, an afterlife and his totally. his concern for Bella that you totally. know if she became a vampire then she wouldn't get to go to heaven, and so I thought that was really cool that that was in the book and also you mentioned that um the whole thing about the vampires that the ones that were the vegetarians <laughs> that they went against their base nature and it reminded me of how like. As believers in Christ's teaching, he he teaches that we have like a sin nature, 
and that every day we have to basically pick up our cross and follow him and deny our sin nature, which is basically selfishness because he said, he said to the two greatest commandments are to love God and to love others as ourselves. And so it's basically, you know, every day choosing to love God and choosing to love our fellow man and being kind and compassionate. And I saw a lot of that throughout, throughout all the books, a lot of compassion, a lot of self-sacrifice and putting the other people's happiness and safety first. Um, so well, I and this was, was what cool. fascinated me is when you started to uh, listen to them or watch the movies or whatever. I can't remember how it went, but a little bit of both. But well, what fascinated me is that you started saying, "I think I see some things in this <laughs> that are like spiritual. This is kind of interesting." And Actually, so a lot went, of them. <laughs> it went from you wanting to hold up a cross and have garlic around your neck <laughs> to, "Gosh, I'm kind of surprised by this." Totally. Yeah. In this case, you don't judge the book by its cover. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I just finished the last book. And one thing, and this is a little bit of spoiler alert if you haven't watched the last movie. So, Ivy, you haven't watched the last movie. Don't they have? Isn't there one more movie to come out? Yeah, it's the second half of this last book. Okay. But um, (coughs) one of the things about the main character, Bella, throughout the whole series is that she, because of her complicated childhood, her parents splitting up, she's kind of, she was kind of a bookie geek, which I can relate to because I love to read books, but she kind of turned into herself and was a bit antisocial, just she wanted to be with her books and, and her she didn't really fit in with like the popular crowd and wasn't really so, very confident and... And I saw her grow in, um, you know, putting, starting to put others first to get outside of herself and think of others. And then at the, the end, um, she found out. Spoiler that, alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. So if you don't want to learn this, don't. She found out that she had this shielding ability. And um, she has superpowers. Yeah, because some of the vampires have superpowers, and she, even as a human, kind of had some of these. I wish I had superpowers. One of her superpowers she found out was self control. Because they, it was usually when people first got bit the first year, they went crazy and they were really hard to control. And they expected her to like go on a killing rampage and like be really thirsty for human blood and and right from the beginning it's I not think you that... just spoiled something major. She becomes a vampire? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it was it was to save her her She was dying, know. right? She was she was pretty much dead and yeah, they put the vam- venom in her and she it brought her back to life and saved her. But Okay. So she, they were surprised because she had this this gift of self control, and I thought the Bible talks about that being a gift from God and from the Holy I'm Spirit. I'm sorry, this is just really hard for me to hear self-control. you say after all the but, the. but that is a spiritual gift. It talks about the fruit yeah. of the Spirit is yeah. self control. We talked about that last last Sunday at church. Yeah, and then. And then also her coming out of herself and her desire to protect others and shield other people 
that 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 really developed in her too Mm -hmm. and i just thought i i don't know i got really excited about that i'm like (laughs) wow cool bella has the fruit of the spirit in this (laughs) and and, and i know it's not you know i mean this isn't very churchy concepts but i mean i just thought this was so cool (laughs) wow the whole book really revolves around um you know the the new man and the old man. Yeah. And you know once you, I think I think every single person on earth is going to have an encounter with God and have to choose that new man or that old man. You know, and the fact that there was a group of vampires who choose chose the new man and chose to resist their sin nature, like that in itself is like a huge clue to you know the whole moral kind of undertone it's not even really an undertone it's kind of a main theme of the book yeah Yeah. and i don't know that it came out as well in the movies like because ivy's like i don't see anything really spiritual and and i get that because it seems like the movies are not the movies that hold it up for harder what you're you're making noise on your mic oh okay um the books like in any kind of books like when you're reading harry potter or anything you, when you're reading the books, you you get to hear what they're thinking, and you get exactly. to hear their thought processes and stuff through the through the books, and and when you do a movie, sometimes you kind of get what they're thinking, but not all the time, you know. Mostly, it's just like a look or like like a general feeling or something. Yeah. But totally, I, I hear you. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I I just think. If if people can either read the books or listen to the audiobooks, I I think that you would get a lot more of the spiritual aspects of Twilight. But I saw them all the way through and and I don't know if it's because, you know, like I said, the author had not exactly the same theological background but similar moral background and stuff and is what I grew up in, so I could see a lot of similarities and That's and funny. a friend of mine who also grew up in a pretty similar home. Um, she's one of the anomaly ladies, um, co-hosts. She said to me uh, when my daughter was reading them, I was like, are these books okay? You know, Because <laughs> um, she was just a young teenager when she started reading them. And she goes, you know, they're really more or less love stories. And if you're concerned about your kids needing a good example, there's hardly any swearing there's hardly i mean there's like no sex before marriage and there's a lot of good like moral examples as far as that goes and i thought you know it was really pretty clean read for for young girls that way you know i thought that was good so all right well angie if you could if you could talk we got a bunch of people listening to the podcast right now and Quite a few of our listeners have already watched the movies and read the books, but if there's some holdouts out there, what what would be some of the things you would say to them to put their mind at ease and and get them to be able to uh, read this story? I think what Amy said is kind of it hits it right on the head. It's it's uh, better than most of what's out there, <laughs> you know. When especially when it comes to young kids, I mean, there's definitely some issues, you know. In the, I mean, they deal with dark things. But they deal with it in a way that's uh, morally based and that um, you don't have to worry about it kind of leading your kids into like a <clears throat> an occultish kind of, you know, gray zone with this. So, you know, I really liked the, um, the morality, the celibacy, um, the kind of, 
um, mirror of of the the new man and the old man, and you know our, our daily walk with Christ, like choosing that every single day. Because even though <clears throat> the vampires, with time, their um, desire for human blood would get less and less, but they still had to stay in that constant frame of mind every single day. And it's just like with our walk, every single day we have to be diligent about it. Um, you know, there's not a lot. It doesn't romanticize the occult or demons or anything like that. It, it, it's a very clear-cut right and wrong, evil and good, light and darkness. Um, and, you know, the fact that they, it's, there's an instance in there that, you know, speaks about, um, you know, terminating a baby. But she was, like, very insistent on keeping the baby even if it was going to kill her. I mean, like, you know, it was, it was an extreme pro-life situation, but it was, you know, still there. It was, you know, the the life of the baby was still very valued and that, you know, I just, that I just was think that, really that was really strong in that that was a very intense part yeah. <laughs> yeah and and you know the fact that you know th- this was going to kill her and I, I don't ever want to condemn people that have had to make hard choices Definitely um not. you know when it's you know life of the mother and she's got other kids and the father has to make a really hard choice there i don't want to put condemnation on people but you have to really respect the value of life that was presented in the book you know exactly. there was definitely a value for for um for humanity and and just yeah, I just really thought that part was really cool. And, and that that was just another instance of that selflessness, like mm-hmm. putting another life before your own. Where, you know, we don't see that in our culture at all, ever. Yeah. And so just to see her putting her life, in, or wanting to put her life in front of her own baby's, or putting her baby's life in front of her own life was awesome. And we also see that throughout the whole thing. Yeah. With, you know, Edward protecting her and, you know, just he him being willing to give up his own life for her. And, I mean, it was just, there was so much positive that there's really, there was really no, like, you know, sometimes you'll be reading a book or watching a movie, and as a Christian, you're just kind of like, ugh, you just cringe, you know, like, yeah. oh, gosh. I really did not get that at all from, from this series. So. Mm-hmm. Make it so. Hi, we're the Trekmate Podcast. Join us each week for the latest Star Trek news, in-depth discussions, and some pretty cool guests. And as you will soon find out, we're a podcast that loves to play games. So join us each week for trivia and competitions galore, where you'll be able to win real prizes. Find us at trekmates.org.uk or on iTunes, Stitcher, and where all cool podcasts are available. Program complete. Enter when ready. Do you like a good story, fun conversation, and maybe a bit of inspiration? You're listening to this podcast, so I'll bet you do. I'm Randy, and if so, when you've finished here, come check out my podcast, Stories of the Magic. Okay, it's not really my podcast, I'm just the host. This show is really about the guests I have on. Stories of the Magic is a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more. We celebrate the Disney magic, tell unique stories, and inspire people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. So if you love Disney, enjoy great stories from real people, or both, give us a listen. You can find Stories of the Magic on iTunes or at storiesofthemagic.com. You'll be glad you did. Well, now Ivy, with you just watching the movies, 
and I'm probably going to have to watch them now because <laughs> it does sure, sound interesting. I'm sure Catherine would sit and watch them with you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she would. Uh, but Ivy, when you watched them, did you come out of the theater? You know how you can watch some shows and you can kind of walk out going, oh, I just don't feel right. That just feel yucky. Were, was that that type of movie or was did you come out feeling okay about it? Uh, the first one's okay. Um, was it the second one and third one that are the last are, of the series? There are four, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, so the most recent one where they do their honeymoon thing, that was just like, uh, I don't know if I want to watch the next one. Really? Yeah. For me, anyway. Right. Well, that's that's cool. Because I mean, it, that that was a little. I think when because I, I listened to the audio book and there was a little, it was a little bit awkward, but in the audio book it really didn't, or probably the book it really didn't explain anything in too much detail in the book. Where was it says a picture paints a thousand words? It might oh, be it, more in the movie. In they the had movie, a little bit. it had a long honeymoon scene, I guess. Oh, you watch this. <laughs> Um, well, we've actually, I watched it with Catherine. She fast forwarded through a couple minutes, but, <laughs> but, um, but I, oh, in, the, in the audio book, it really didn't seem very descriptive. I mean, it, it definitely showed, told that they made a baby. Um, but, ah. but, you know, it didn't really get into too much detail in the book. <laughs> so, but I could see where I, where that could be awkward in a movie theater because when I watched it on the uh, DVD, Catherine fast-forwarded through that part for me. <laughs> not that, you know, not that, you know, I've been married for 26 years. I know how babies are made, but you, do? you don't, <laughs> don't want to necessarily watch stuff, Explain but. that to us, would you? Uh, no. <laughs> but I guess that, that could be awkward, you know, sitting in a movie theater. And sure. <laughs> it's sure. like, oh. Well, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we close up? Um, any other aspects of the movie that you wanted to cover before we? I think we pretty much got everything on my notes. Um, I think something good for, like, parents of teenagers, um, just to know, because, you know, like you said, everyone's different. Everyone likes to, you know, be able to judge where their kids are and if they're, you know, mature enough to watch things. I think I think there are some inappropriate things in there for young teenagers or maybe for teenagers who um, aren't emotionally mature enough to deal with, you know, the even, even though the sex was after marriage, it's still sex, you know? Yeah. And yeah. the books were the, the books are pretty steamy. I mean, there were some situations where you know they weren't doing anything, but it was still pretty steamy and heavy for teenagers. And mm-hmm. there's also some some instances in there where she lies to her dad, yeah. and um, she sneaks out of the house. And then there's one time where Edward stays the night in in her bedroom. They don't do anything. He's just there to protect her. But at the same time, you know that might be a little weird for some. Must be that Christian that Christian gift parents. of self control, huh? Well, <laughs> I I remember talking to Catherine about that very thing about about how he would be up in her room at night without her dad knowing, and I said, "Yeah, that wouldn't go over with your dad." <laughs> you know, because. And see that- yeah. And that's another cool tool with this is that if a parent feels like they're ready, it's a really good way to gently kind of talk about sins that teenagers have to deal with and talk about, you know, right. the feelings and the emotions and the, the weirdness of being a teenager, you know. And so it, it could be a good catalyst for that kind of conversation as well. Yeah, and I 
you know, that's part of the reason why I went ahead and, and started reading the Twilight series, just like I read The Hunger Games with Catherine, too. We read, a, I mean, we read a lot of Christian fiction and different books that are the same. And we like reading the same books so we can talk about them. And I, I like, awesome. you know, I like being able to talk about movies or books. And, we and can... this is why I get her to watch Star Trek, because that's all <sighs> I talk about. Uh, yes, we. And the force is strong with of, you, Amy. I've watched a lot of Star Trek. No, and I think Star it's Wars. really important, though. I think it's important for parents to be able to have open conversations with their children and to be, <coughs> um, to to be in. I don't know. Ha- have an active role in what they're watching and watch it with them, and you know, be able to teach them through it, so they're not just getting all this weird information and using it to their own devices. You right. Know? So I right. think I think it could be a really healthy thing. Well, and I think I, I believe that way with all media, because I, I really believe we live in a culture where um, basically media can be idolized or it can be used as a tool. And, you know, I've always got a lot of flack for that from from religious people because they don't think that it's it's a appropriate thing. I, I remember one time doing a sermon and starting it off talking about the very beginning of a CSI uh, Miami episode where. A guy was standing up in his car and he got his head chopped off from a wire that was across. You know how much flack I got for that? And all it was, I mean, the only thing I was talking about was when Christ is not the head of the church, you get into wrecks and, and you have, you know, accidents. Well, that didn't go over too hot, you know, because they told me, how dare you admit that you watch CSI? And I'm thinking, well, I admit it. You don't admit it. You watch it, exactly. but you don't admit it. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, and I have to. I don't want to say the devil's advocate, but I'll say the <laughs> other. I'm going to say the other hand. I know some people, and I've gone through different phases where our kids watch very little television, and we watch very little television. Yeah, but I let them it, watch the Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if someone doesn't want to do media, that's okay too. You know, really? I mean, we enjoy talking about different things we read or watch, and and that's a lot of fun for us. And I, you know, we try to be discerning and, and you know, want to make sure that this isn't going to like lead us down a wrong path or something. But, but you know, I'm, <laughs> but I'm just saying, if someone decides that for for a time they're going to fast entertainment for their family and do other things, that's cool too. But you know, I think you I just have put, to. Pray. I was going to buy that shuttlecraft. I better put it on hold. <laughs> But I'm just saying, you know, you just kind of have to pray about it and know your family and know where you're at and, and in your personal life, too. You know, what what you can handle, what's beneficial. And I think a lot of it's just like we're talking about is how you handle it. And if you're talking about it with your kids and, you know, not Definitely. just like plugging them into the TV. Well, and, that, and that's the whole thing. I think any anytime I, I really believe that we need to engage our world, the, the sphere that we're in in conversation like that because I really believe you can find something spiritual just in about everything. Yeah. It's just a matter now there's some people that go extreme on that, you know, and it's like, yeah. well there's a demon behind every doorknob, you know. But really there's a lot of things that, that we that God shows up in a lot of places that most people have no clue. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. they haven't been looking for him. And I and I especially think in today's society with the entertainment and the the subjects that are covered in that, there's a lot of spiritual stuff going on there, and p- most people are clueless of it. Totally. And I 
I think if we teach our children, too, how to recognize the spiritual aspect of things and how to always constantly be weighing, you know, evil against good and, oh, how does that, you know, uh, compare in my life, I think they'll they'll get into kind of a a way of thinking Mm -hmm. as they get older. Because one day we have to turn our kids loose, you know? And if they're clueless about what's out there in the world and how to confront it, I think that's our fault. Yes, I agree. To have critical thinking and and a, a kind of a God-centered worldview and looking for God. Well, there, I, yeah. I'll never forget. I don't. I, there was a family in the church. That, that, there's so many extremes sometimes, but this particular family was a large family, and they had a lot of kids, and the kids were involved in the youth group, and they actually rose up and they were leaders within the youth group and they had, you know, they had like small groups that they taught and did all these different things. And the parents, you know, instead of being afraid of their kids being involved in other kids' lives that maybe didn't have the same moral structure or family life as they did, they embraced that and taught their kids through it. Now, in the same exact time frame, there were other people in the church that wouldn't let their kids come to youth group because they were afraid that their They'd kids be would be corrupted <laughs> by the, the, the kids that didn't share the same values. So t- to me, when I look at I, I, I look at that and I go, it's sad for the kids that did not get a chance to learn in an appropriate way about the things that they were going to face when they got older. And and I just I very I applaud the parents of the of the kids that uh, they allowed their kids to experience that, yet they were right there with them. And they, they talked, they had, they said they had many conversations when they get home from youth group or visiting a kid in the hospital that had tried to commit suicide or, you know, I mean, there were so many mm-hmm. different things that happened, but they used those moments yeah, they as, them as teachable, teachable times. times. Yeah. I, awesome. I, I even remember, um, this particular dad, I took the girls. You might even been with us on this trip. I'm not sure. I took a, a van full of girls down to Astoria to swim. And the dad was like, I know that this is a girls' trip, but there's going to be young men at this pool. And, <laughs> and so, you you know, you might want to think about the way that you, you know, what what kind of bathing suits you wear because, you, you know, you don't want to give the boys some too much to look at you know <laughs> and I thought what a sweet dad you know <laughs> but he didn't he didn't say it like in and a he weird, didn't keep his kids home did he no he didn't say it in a weird paranoid way but he was just you know he was valuing his daughters and he didn't want guys to he had very beautiful daughters and he didn't want them you know guys to be like um being inappropriately thinking about he them want guys being guys being guys <laughs> but i just thought it was sweet how he talked to them and, and he and he wasn't preaching at them and telling them you can't wear that or you can't wear this right. you know he was just saying you know be thoughtful about the the, the guys that could be there you don't want their eyes to bug out you know? <laughs> well i think uh this was a great discussion and i i hope a lot of people will uh, think about some of the things that were said here now, real quickly, we'll do shameless plugs because um, we have some really cool people on the show today. Uh, I mean, my wife in her, by herself is cool, you know. But you know, everybody knows about Amy because you listen to our podcast. If you're listening to this, yeah. but Amy, maybe she's amazing. Yeah, I think so. And, but a lot of people don't know about Ivy. 
and the fact that she is a very accomplished artist. Very much so. And you have, uh, if people wanted to see your artwork, Ivy, where would they go to see your artwork? IvyMoyer.com. Sweet! You're, I remember when your hubby bought that for you. Yep. He was very excited. It was hard for him to contain his excitement about it. So you just go there and, and you have, um, what type of artwork do you do? Uh, I do a lot of artwork. <laughs> you do a lot of different kinds. Um, I do landscapes, some portraiture. And is it oil painting or acrylics or watercolor? What do you do? I do both oh, acrylic cool. and oil. Very cool. And um, I have seen I have seen her artwork and it is incredible. I agree. I, I, it is seriously amazing. It has so much emotion and color and it does. Seriously awesome. I I I'll never Thank forget you. seeing for the very first time that one picture that you that you painted with the uh, street lights and the stuff and it was all smeared like looking through a windshield. Like driving in the rain at like night. Like driving in the rain at night, yeah. And amazing. it it I know. I just sat there and went Wow, that's cool. Uh, how do you do that? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, how would I mean? I, I know how to do that on Photoshop, but, but not how would you paint that? Uh, you kind of felt like you were there, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then I also, there's another one that I really enjoyed that you did was uh, the one where every single day we I would drive across the bridge in Hoquim, the big, big bridge in Hoquim, and I would see uh, the pulp mill with the stacks. And the and the and the smoke coming out of the smokestacks every single day for years, when I was a kid, and I'll never forget when I um, looked over and I thought, "Hey, wait a minute! I know exactly where that is." And wh- now, who took that picture? Somebody took a picture and then you painted it. Mm-hmm. Josh, Justin, That's Nathan's right. one of Nathan's best friends. <laughs> That's right. Okay, I remember. Yeah, we we remember Josh. Uh, it's his birthday today. Yeah. I I remember holding Joshy when he was just six weeks old. Okay, don't get us. We're, we're old. We're old. We took him out for Orange Julius tonight. Ah, very, he loves Orange Julius. He does. He, mm, did he have an egg added to it? No. We I used. To, I remember. So. Remember going to Orange Julius when you were a kid, and to add an egg to that, please. Ugh, I remember so that. Gross. Made it all frothy. Uh, Angie's a vegan. This is probably grossing her out right now. <laughs> It was pretty funny. So ivymoyer.com. Go check out her work. It's really, really cool. Really awesome stuff. Okay, Angie, you we've known you for a long, long time, and you have just jumped into an endeavor that is fascinating to me, and you now have started something really cool. Tell us about it. Well, I opened a tea shop um, last week. It's actually been a month yesterday. And uh, it's just a little tea shop that's down in South Bend, and we do um, specialty teas from Beverly Hills, actually. Cool. And they, they're, they're blended there, but they get their teas from all over the world. And um, we sell herbs, um, uh, like artisan chocolates. Uh, we sell lots of things that are handmade by local artists. I had some and, of the chocolates. Yeah, pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a little heaven in your mouth right there. <laughs> And we have a local baker that does our, uh, we do cupcakes and truffles as well. So. Oh, very cool. It's fun. And it's really cool. And the, the best part of the whole thing is that, not not the free tea, that's really far up there, but it's <laughs> the fact that um, like 50% of our customers that come through are travelers because we're right on 101 mm-hmm. going through South Bend. So we have seen literally in one month, I have, I have met people from all over the world, almost every country in the world. That's awesome. 
It's amazing. It's like it's being on the people tell. It's like being on the internet, except you're live yeah. and in person. Exactly. It's the old-fashioned internet. It's one hundred and one. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, and, and what's <laughs> the name cool. of your shop? It's called Elixir Tea and Herbs. Very cool. Now, do you have a website yet? I have a blog, and don't ask me what the, what the blog address. I think it's like uh, Elixir Tea. And herbs. Okay, well, <laughs> blogspot.com or something. All right, well, here's the deal. Right here on the on the show, in front of everyone, I volunteer to help you with your website. Oh, awesome! We'll make you a cool one. That would that be you great. Can, I am. And, and I am you completely. I'm a geek, and I love my sci-fi, but I know nothing of technology. I I couldn't figure out how to turn the sound on on my phone until I found a little switch on the side. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the same problem, so don't have feel you, bad. <laughs> have you ever watched Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, I love Napoleon. Okay, Dynamite. well then, let me just sing to you then. Oh, I love technology. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just had to do that. I love you more, but I really love technology. <laughs> <laughs> stay home and eat all the freaking chips, Kip. Oh, uh, okay, stop. Stop me now because I'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Do your chickens have large talons? Okay, well, okay. Yeah, right. well, I, unfortunately, I've been to your shop <clears throat> too many times. and Already, and, huh? And love the I haven't truffles. been there yet. I need to get, oh, I need to get there. Oh, the truffles. And the tea. Truffles and the tea. Truffles and tea? Oh. And you put your (laughs) pinky up when you drink it. Oh, these, I always tell people these aren't your grandma's teas. People come in and they smell them and they're just like, what? I didn't know that tea could smell like this. Ooh, it's like tea fusion. There was one that that my mom and I had for breakfast one day. It was one of your blends that has like white chocolate and... And coffee beans and roasted oolong. Yeah, it wasn't that one. That it was another one? one, but it was just. Oh, amazing. was it the raspberry white? Chocolate? I think it was raspberry and white chocolate. Ma, okay, well, so here's the big good. question, though. Do you have any Vulcan spice tea? No, but you know, I was considering doing some uh, like teas from different sci-fi shows, but then I thought no one's going to get that in South Bend, so probably not. But you could <laughs> do. You know, I have a, I have a great <laughs> suggestion. You could always do the Picard blends. Because you know, oh, him, I was thinking of yeah. that. I was every time I serve Earl Grey, I'm just like, I want you to know that you are drinking the tea the of Captain Picard, drinks. the most amazing captain ever to grace here. Well, or you know, planetary systems. Him and Beverly had breakfast every morning, and they always yeah. tried these different tea blends that she suggested. So that might be an interesting thing to go research oh, and see. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And she, she would always serve croissant. I love how she pronounced it. She croissant. Would, hey, would you like a croissant? <laughs> <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. Oh, that's great. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for being part of this great discussion today. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. Now, if you want to get a hold of us, it's very easy. You just go to takehimwithyou.com. Or you can write to us at... Uh, my mind just went like Rick at, at takehimwithyou.com mm-hmm. or Amy at takehimwithyou.com. That is correct. Or you can get a hold of us on Facebook. That's right. Um, www.facebook forward slash rick.moyer or uh-huh. same thing, but amy.moyer. That is correct. So, And the really cool thing is you can also listen to us on Stitcher Smart Radio. Our iTunes or our website. Yeah, Stitcher is a really cool thing because you don't have to download the program. You can just listen to it streaming on any of your devices. It's free. It's fun. And... Uh, 
And you don't won't have to go and delete all your podcasts after That's like I right. have to do. It doesn't take up room. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you got, you know, listen to us on Stitcher. Yeah, I've maxed Because we have a lot of friends that are iPhone. on Stitcher. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Yes, my iPhone tells me these nasty messages. Uh-oh. That you're getting too full. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I haven't been texting you lately. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's keep this rated G here. <laughs> I got in trouble a couple of weeks ago for acting like a touchscreen. So I better be careful. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us uh, for the Take Him With You podcast. Say your spiel. Um, this has been a Moira Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved. Make it so. Engage. <laughs> <laughs>
The groundbreaking Emmy Award-winning drama Lost ran on ABC television from September 22, 2004 to May 23, 2010 and remains to this day one of the greatest television series of all time. Relive every moment of this amazing series as we reopen the hatch and take you deep inside each episode of this epic series. My name is Joyce. And I'm Al. And on our show, Lost Flight 815, we'll cover each episode of this immensely popular series in a unique way. We'll watch the show as we record and share our thoughts and Lost facts while you listen to the episode with us. So tune in to the Lost 815 podcast and visit us on the web at www.lostflight815.com and relive one of the greatest shows of all time. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lost Flight 815. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. We are indeed seeking Star Trek. And if you want to seek Star Trek, then why don't you try Trek News and Views, the latest news and views on what's going on in the Star Trek world. Your life as it has been is over. Oh my. Oh my indeed, George. We also have a little gossip at the end of each program about a certain subject, be it Romulans, Klingons, or whatever takes our fancy. Feel free to drop us a line and join in. Trek News and Views via Podbean or iTunes. Check it out. <laughs>